You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Mariah. How are you today? I am so good. I know you're glowing. I am glowing. You told me a story and now you're glowing. And so I, I am. We're not going to tell our listeners though. So they just get to follow along and maybe. You know what? Our patrons will know because. Oh yeah. We, we recorded it. The video before. Is yeah. We started the video before then. So if you want to know my story about my hot date, then you'll have to become a patron. Yeah. Um, and I want to welcome any of our new listeners and say hi to all of our Oldies but goodies, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Our true fans. Yeah. You know who you are. We love you. Yeah. You know what we said in Girl Scouts? We said, there's a song, make new friends, but keep the old, because one is silver and the other is gold. And it doesn't tell you which one's gold or silver? No, you have to You, you have, have to, to duke it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> that cute. <was> so dorky. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, try Sassy Box. Yes. So... We had mentioned a few episodes ago that Sassy Box had gifted each of us a monthly box, mm-hmm. like what they would normally send in a monthly um, subscription box. And so we got to try out some of the stuff. Yes. And now we we're going to talk about it. I have damn near used almost everything in a box. I mean, oh, the suckers were gone the first day. <laughs> I love blow pops. Okay. And I was That's ecstatic the that they came. Yeah. And a box full of sex toys. I was oh, like, oh, yeah. candy? Yes. <laughs> so that was exciting for me. Um, okay, wanna... so tell me tell me about, did you use the dice? Um, we have identical dice. Oh, okay. So, so you've used tried them those bef- before. Okay. Yes. Um, they're fun, you know, so especially if you're kind of like, we need to mix things up, but I don't want to think of something to really kind of mix it up or just a fun day, way to like get something started you could just toss them at your partner yeah okay. <laughs> toss them at your partner what what did i land on <laughs> uh, i don't know why i looked up brady <laughs> right when i said that that was so uncomfortable <laughs> what did i land on brady oh i don't mind um yeah yeah and then um i tried the vibrator i did too it was very nice so i've tried other vibrators that like you know, are just like typical dildo type vibrators. And I didn't like the vibration inside, but this one was good. I think it was just maybe the right size and it had the like clitoral stimulation as well, which Mm -hmm. I enjoyed very much. So the one that I tried before the one I got in Sassy Box was, um, and it kind of had like more of a point to the clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I feel like I'm getting jabbed instead of like stimulated. I didn't like it. This one, I was pleasantly surprised that it was quite comfortable and it was size, I think, was you hit it on the... Yeah, it's just the right size. I mean, it wouldn't have been the right size for a cock inside me, but for a vibrator was perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. You know what I really... My favorite thing probably, besides the candy, we're just going to revisit that, was the (laughs) silicone cock rings. I really liked the stretch, but then they were still firm. Mm -hmm. We've used cock rings before, but they were so like stiff like not even very malleable yeah and so my husband was like i feel like this is going to like cut the like cut my dick off oh my you god you know like how they castrate sheep with the bands that's how he felt 
so I've these ones that. were considerably comfortable. You cut your he dick said. off? No, I've used the castrating <laughs> bands. I yeah. some, I'll show you some later if you want to see them. Okay. Like you've used them for yourself? Or no, you just God, oh no. no, I was confused for <gasps> like two what seconds. I thought no, too, for a couple of seconds, I was because we were talking about sex toys. I was like, that That's is so bad. weird and kinky I, and sounds dangerous. I should have been a little bit more clear okay, with that. Okay. I've applied you use them, them on animals to goats. Okay, not mine, just someone else's. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's three goats outside our door, by the way, in our podcast studio. Hope for Chainsaw Massacre Studios. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what else was fun in your box that you found? <laughs> <laughs> what yes. did you find Pamela, in your box, what's in Pamela? Your box? <laughs> I think I had the same things you did, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Bert tried one of the cock rings, mm-hmm. and he really liked that. I'm trying to think what else. Um, How about the flogger? The flogger, the flogger, yes. Yeah, the flogger is um, is good fun. And it's, it's, it's mellow. Because I am not one that likes that stuff, but I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't bad. Where I is have it right here. Mariah took Let's, it from you. Yeah. It's hanging from my microphone stand so I can whip Brady when he's naughty and forgets See, to hit record. that's smart because it was hanging on mine, but I can't really reach him because he's <laughs> across the table. So, so I'll get him. That's, that's was that really on video good. for the patrons? I think so. Um, okay, maybe so we should do it again just to make sure. We can okay. do that. Hold on. Let me swing the mic over. Oh, so we get it. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Loud. You see it. Look at the jump on that. <laughs> it sounds intense. It does. But it's not as painful as you'd think yeah. it is. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it's, it's a good, good kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I just won't stand for the rest of the podcast. It's fun, fun. <laughs> the, I honestly never even thought of that idea because, like, you know, the subscription box, I knew, like, there's kind of ones for my brother did one that was, like, Loot Crate. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of do all the... Um, uh, nerdy things that's all i could think of but there's kind of a better name for it that anyway but he's like you know all uh movies and things like that and he really liked it and i was like oh cool i didn't never really found one that was speaking to me yeah until we found try sassy backs i was like what the fuck there's <laughs> sex toy <laughs> subscription boxes plus candy plus candy oh fuck yeah i mean because you know i want to try things when I go to the sex toy show- store, but then I'm also like, all oh, these people see me trying this. And <laughs> I don't know. It's like going to buy cigarettes for the first time. You're like, I want to try these, but I don't know how to work them. And you can tell that I'm a newbie putting it up on the counter, like asking Mariah, for something. Did you behind. used to be a smoker? Well, when I was like younger, oh. like I was so excited the first time I could buy cigarettes. <laughs> I was like, I can. I don't care to, but I can <laughs> now that I'm finally age. But Yeah, I just like that. Um, you know they're going to be sending you things that you might not necessarily think to buy for yourself mm-hmm. or think that you would like but then you know you've got them on your doorstep so you're like oh my gosh well i'm gonna try this like of course i'm gonna try it it's in the box yeah so no it's super fun what about you brady any any fun surprises in yours i had the uh like shorts or they were they weren't shorts they were like briefs the crotchless mm-hmm. briefs crotchless and if you wanted to see those, they're on the unboxing on our Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were, you know, it was basically the same box you guys got, but they threw in some shorts for me. You were oh, special. okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you you're the special. guy. I'm the guy. I they forgot the guy. that's they're my, the guy. Who, who named me that? The guy. Try Sassy Box did. Was it Tri Sassy Box? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Tri Sassy Box. And then there's the guy. I was like, yeah, don't forget the guy. (laughs) So that's your nickname. I think it's awesome that it's uh, for women by women. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. It's owned by two women, um, and we just adore them. Mm -hmm. 
they are the sweetest. Um, so, and passionate about sex health. I mean, let's yeah. let's say like that really is, you know, you're healthy when you're trying something new and trying to discover new things and going outside of your comfort zone and finding, you know, things that. And honestly, I love. They're fun to follow on Instagram. Yeah, they have the cutest fun memes and. And um, like sayings and photos, like I'm always liking things. It's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, and you, you can follow th- them at Try Sassy Box. They are our patron, but I mean we have a few patrons, like right. So um, that's not the the reason that we're we're so excited about them. Like we just love their company. We love them. We love what they're doing. So exactly, yeah. Support them if if you know somebody or you yourself would like a, a fun gift every month. I'd love for someone just to sign me up I for know, a I, sex I, toy subscription I box. Know. It's you're basically getting like a hundred dollars worth of toys for the cost of a cup of coffee every day. I want a secret admirer yeah. sex toy box giver. Okay. You want someone I'm to send put you that out there. I hey, won't hey, give you my hey. address. If Mariah gets one, <laughs> I get one too. Okay. So we're just saying, just saying. I yeah. want, I want some really short shorts. I don't need a, I don't need a whole box. <laughs> so funny story about short shorts um justin yesterday my husband wore some cut off short shorts for the fourth for the fourth of july nice as we're watching fireworks and he wore longer underwear and they were blue with white stars and it was so patriotic oh and and very ghetto That's the just, cutest. i was like oh my gosh well you have fun and then he had a ha- hat that said murka on it it was it was very uh patriotic <laughs> i think i saw a picture of it on jamie's phone it was pretty funny he did he posted his social media it was pretty funny so yeah i got yeah. jamie to ride the motorcycle for the fourth oh nice yeah. that's fun we went up to family's house and we were kind of starting our little firework stuff as the sun set and one of the neighbors came over he was an airman uh he's now out of the service but he it was very important to him that the block that we were on Stopped what we were doing and played the national anthem before we got into the big stuff. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. Me being an ex-service member, it felt nice. Mm -hmm. And even with what's going on in the news today, I still stand behind those things. Yeah. Because even if I didn't agree with what someone had to say, I'd fight for their right to say it. Right. Mm -hmm. So. That it was it was pretty cool. I think sometimes people forget that you can be patriotic while still supporting change. That's oh, the yeah. point of it. Yeah. Let's make our home yeah. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For everyone. Right. Yeah. I completely agree. So let's talk about what's been in the news this week and then introduce our guest today. Yeah. Um, so there was a kind of a, a heart wrenching story that I was keeping an eye on because um of w- some of the trigger words that were said in some of the headlines. And so, cause I mean, there's always something going on and right now, you know, everybody's so headline hungry with all these news stories, but this was one that was kind of like, okay. Um, but Vanessa Gillen, Giller, I just totally fucked it up. Scroll up. What is it? Gillen. Gillen. Thank you. So Vanessa Gillen, um, her body was found and she was murdered. Private first class. Private first class. Thank you. Um, and so she was an active military service woman. And um, 
she was murdered because she was going to report sexual harassment. And so that was the reason, or at least what they are considering the reason to be. Video just went off. That's weird. I'll, I'll work on that while you talk. But I just want to mention that the, the header on the website says PFC, uh, which is private first class. But the article says specialist. So she was, um, from what I was reading, after her disappearance, she was, because of her time she was serving, mm. her um, upgraded. What is that? Promoted. Promoted. Thank you so much. <laughs> so now this is the time that I will introduce our guest. And our guest has um, is going by an alias and wants to stay anonymous. And um, so this is Darla. For anyone who wants to know, we will just refer to her as Darla. But she is a female veteran. And she is also a sexual assault um, advocate for survivors. So... Um, what have you seen and heard that kind of made you interested about this story and how did this story sit with you? Um, I think this was such a heartbreaking story because I think it's really hard not to personalize like as a veteran and, and knowing some of the shortcomings as in some of the systems of reporting um, that are in the military. I was not in the same branch as her so there's some differences um, there I think in like the reporting process but um, it was absolutely heartbreaking, I think, to see how long it took them to find her. Um, and I think it's been kind of like an emotional um, thing to read. I almost wish I hadn't read some of the details mm -hmm. um, about what happened to her because it's just so horrific. And mm -hmm. um, the news articles are very graphic um, in discussing what happened. Um, but I think this is hitting a lot of people very hard, as it should. I think anyone, you know, with any humanity is, is affected by this. But I think especially for service members who know the type of like brotherhood and sisterhood that is supposed to occur in the service um, to see um, something like this happen is really really upsetting so Darla do you feel like the the murder is the result of um, some kind of like systemic issue in the military and how how women are treated in the military or do you believe there just happened to be a you know, crazy, crazy, raving lunatic um, who signed up? Because you're going to get those in every population, mm -hmm. right? Um, but do you think his behavior was caused by the environment that he was in? Um, yes. So I, I, I agree with you that there definitely are going to be predators, you know, and perpetrators in every um, in every type of career field. Um, however, I think the military, when we look at um, sexual assault or, you know, sexual harassment is on the spectrum of sexual violence. Mm -hmm. So when we look at sexual violence, um, it's about power and control. So in the yeah. military, you have a lot of power and control dynamics, a lot of like um, things that were designed for war you know for for conflict where you know be unquestioning um rank is very important um things like that so I, I think it is unfortunately an environment where if you are a perpetrator um you may feel that you can get away with more than you maybe could in the civilian world mm -hmm. and i didn't even realize that how you you mentioned just now how you report looks different in every branch because mm -hmm. you said you were in a different branch and I was like I'm sorry what now mm -hmm. this is not a consistent start to you know and I don't want to say start to finish but a a way to report and how it's handled mm -hmm. 
Um, no. So, so there is like, uh, I would say every branch, my understanding is, has like a sexual assault prevention and response program. They're called different things, but I think they have similar implementations. Um, however, harassment usually goes, at least in the branch that I was in, it would go to the equal opportunity rather than the sexual assault prevention office. So, mm-hmm. and there are definitely some differences as far as maybe confidentiality, um, and in that, um, in the scheme of things there. So yeah. I, I have an example, if you'd like to hear one about how sexual harassment is reported or was reported in my branch, but yeah, yeah I would so. love to. Okay. So I was part of a focus group. Um, for, I was a very junior enlisted female. Um, and so we did a focus group and it was like, how can we, um, change the culture and, and have some of the dynamics be different to either like increase reporting or like decrease perpetration. So one of the girls said, I believed in the system of reporting until I reported and you know, they, pressed her like what happened and she said she went to the equal opportunity officer who was a um, E7 um, and made the report um, she was told it would be confidential um, they published her sexual harassment complaint her handwritten sexual harassment complaint with her name on it to the share drive <gasps> where everyone on the ship could access it oh my god and so what horrified me about that was of course everyone talked about it you know um, and she said this had happened like a year ago and so out of curiosity I searched her name on the share drive and it was still there so a year later it wasn't taken down like and it was like the equal opportunity officer who had access to that so we got it taken down and I actually got it taken down by reaching out to another junior level um, service member who happened to have IT access to take it down so I think that you know how how are you supposed to believe in a system that puts you in danger for reporting was that an intentional thing it was intentionally shared that way I have no idea, but I think the fact that she like had told the equal opportunity officer he like he should it, have taken it down yeah, as soon as, yeah, as, soon be, as he told her absolutely or she told her yeah so because it, it whatever yeah it, it should have been the equal opportunity officer was female actually oh so yeah so if it was a mistake it should have been taken down in the year that you know it shouldn't take some random person from a focus group searching someone's name and finding it you know sure. to get yeah. it taken down and then yeah. getting another person involved who's not even in that department mm-hmm. who just happens to have it access yeah yeah because you because yeah. w- you, at that point how do you trust the system you know right right wow that is really hard and i feel like a lot of people have found that story in those hiccups because mm-hmm. there aren't enough checks and balances mm-hmm. with reporting mm-hmm. um you know even if this is we have this plan and it looks pretty foolproof but if no one's actually checking are we following this plan Mm -hmm. and how do I hold you accountable and how do um, I check up on it by still respecting confidentiality because that can be really hard too. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just a dangerous playing field for so many things to go wrong Mm -hmm. right there because even if someone said I did report it and I reported it correctly and the person that I reported to passed it along correctly Mm -hmm. but then it was like and mm-hmm. it got fizzled out and then we had no way to follow up because confidentiality was so strict or mm-hmm. something like that how do we kind of follow up on that just one more thing to mm-hmm. make yeah. it difficult for these um you know people who really do want to make a reporting mm-hmm. even if they get that so many people just don't want to report now mm-hmm. absolutely because i think in that focus group what were the thoughts of every other woman in that room well i better not report because look what's going to happen to me exactly mm-hmm. darla i have like no experience with the military i mean not only was i never in the military but nobody in my family i really i mean i have some friends who were in the military one of my partners 
was in the army a while back, but that was long before we met. So like, I really don't know anything about the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, well, do you have experience with that? Ryan? Myself? No, no. Like, do you have anyone close to you that my brother, your brother's mm-hmm. in the military. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess my brother was in the military too, but we, n- we didn't live close at that time and we weren't really close, but, um, so can, can you talk about the, the culture specific to women and, and um, kind of where you see changes should be made in order to protect women? In the, in the sure, mm-hmm. sure. So I, I think um, I can really only speak to my the branch I was in and like the experience that I had and like the small, yeah. com- I was oh, at absolutely. the same command for the same four years. Um, so I don't know if it might be different in different places, but I think some of the cultural elements that um, are causing a problem are, they used to call it like good old boys club. I mm. think they're still, especially when you get to the higher ranks um, that have mm. been in for a long time, um, there might be a belief that women are just there to cause trouble and that they're not worth having um, at, at your um, command or in your branch. And why so Why the higher ranks? It's just because they've been in the military longer, so they're coming from an older mindset? Um, I, I think that, but I think also that they get, um, they go unchecked because I think that the they rank, have more power. Yeah, they have more power. The rank difference is one of those things where like you would not necessarily correct someone that was an E7. I mean, like you should, if you see something happening, of course you yeah. should. But I think there is but that element of then it's insubordination and then gotcha. you're in trouble for saying something. So gotcha. um, I think it's very important that the higher ups correct each other um, because I don't think, I think expecting like a very junior person to go out of their way to like correct something a captain said or is is slightly unrealistic um, with the power dynamics that are in place. Um, and, I, and I think to prevent that, I think the main thing would be that bystander intervention. So if it's your your same rank person, you see them make a comment or you see them, you know, do something to, to say something and to, to check your, your friends. So mm-hmm. I think that would be one of the biggest changes that could happen is there's a lot of great um, – people in the military who are not perpetrators and I wish that they would speak up more or if they see see their friend do something um, or hear about something that isn't okay that they say like hey I'm not okay with that I think that's where that culture shift will happen I could speak to that too I mean even not talking about sexual harassment it it would be difficult for me to like if someone just said something that was just straight up factually wrong about the job we were doing Mm -hmm. it would be hard for me to especially in front of the group, that would be considered disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to make a scene, Mm. like pull that person away, and then it's like, hey, with all due respect, Mm -hmm. that's incorrect. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it kind of ends up being obvious what happens, so there isn't a correction made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can totally see exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just thinking of bystander intervention bystander intervention for you know civilians mm-hmm. and it's like how often do you see someone in in a military uniform saying maybe some inappropriate things or mm-hmm. acting inappropriately <laughs> my you know i have no rank i don't have to worry about what i say mm-hmm. I, straight up i'll correct you if mm-hmm. i'm walking around and you're on leave or whatever or doing your thing and hooting and hollering and saying something inappropriate I'm going to call you out and I'm going to make a huge stink and make you feel like a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that everybody would. I no. think that a lot of people see, especially men in uniform, as more likely to resort to violence mm-hmm. or some kind of retaliation. And so yeah. I think a lot of people would be afraid to confront an officer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you mind if I speak a little bit about retaliation? Not at all. So, so of course, retaliation, we know, can be to the point of violence. I think in the environment that you're in, 
I can only speak again to my branch, but the environment that we were in had a lot of like ha- gen- general hazards of the job, like um, like ladders, like steep like environments, you could fall overboard, you know, stuff like that. So I think when we think about violence and retaliation, um, we think about someone, you know, pulling someone in a back room and, and harming them physically, right? Mm-hmm. But I think like, what if they just don't double check your safety equipment before yeah. you do something, you know? What if, what if they push you down a ladder while, oh, they slipped or, you know, the yeah. ship rocked? Yeah. Um, you know, something like that. So there's that element of physical harm, but you also have the more subtle retaliation, like um, maybe you don't get that promotion and you really don't know why that happened. Um, Or maybe um, you are making a comment to someone and they say that it's insubordination or disrespect and it's just you and them. Are they going to believe the junior service member? Are they going to believe, you know, the E6 or E7 that maybe is doing something out of retaliation? Mm -hmm. So, um, and that, that can happen in, in, more subtle ways or you know and it's it's so hard to prove to where they say yes like retaliation is not allowed and you're safe reporting but um, you see it happen often enough that that's not the case that I feel like people are discouraged from reporting yeah I mean when you say proof you know how can you prove it and Mm -hmm. it's you know if it's someone has more seniority over me Mm -hmm. am I just being you know making up something because I didn't get something and how many times is there even false reporting because of that Mm -hmm. and I mean we know in the in um the domestic violence and sexual assault world that that false reporting isn't any higher than any other false reports of like burglary or fire or anything Mm -hmm. like that but it's still a huge fear Mm -hmm. um and so I think more people than not kind of lean towards that Mm -hmm. they're making it up especially when you can't prove it oh absolutely and I think they're in the military you also have like secured spaces so you might be alone with somebody and maybe there are no cameras or anything you know so um yeah and how do you prove that something wasn't an accident if you're in a tight quarters with someone and they brush up against you is that intentional you know like so I think that um perpetrators play off of that um knowing that um that it's so hard to get someone to believe you and and the people who did report because I think the branch I was in um, I'll just say it the Navy right I think they've swung hard the other direction of that we believe people and they have what's called expedited transfers I don't know if they had that in the army as well but in an expedited transfer basically um, you uh, you make a report and then you write a letter to the captain that says I believe I should be transferred and they have I think like 72 hours to decide whether or not to transfer you Um, with the close quarters that you're in it makes sense that you would want to be transferred off a ship do you really want to eat sleep um, work in the same space as your perpetrator you know is that even safe with all the things that we talked about retaliation Um, but some of the captains um, were very like uh, negative about it. Like, oh, this is an excuse to get out of deployment. You know, oh, you just want to get off the ship or whatever. You don't want to have to do your job. So, mm. um, so yeah, you're still fighting against that not being believed. Um, even if, um, I mean, it was very frowned upon for a captain to deny it at this point, but they still tried and they would still make that person uncomfortable. Well, hmm. I don't know. That it, it gives me anxiety it's like feels like you're suffocating Mm -hmm. you have nowhere to reach Mm -hmm. what um were some things maybe in place to help people to disclose or Mm -hmm. to actually feel safer especially females Mm -hmm. in the in the military i mean what do you do when you're a woman and you want to go serve your country but then there is these massive um obstacles obstacles i mean completely thank you for jumping in for that word because i was drawing a blank anomic aphasia Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a real thing yeah so um i know that in the navy they have um uniformed uh victim advocates um i 
think they have something similar in other branches. Um, basically, it's like a collateral to your regular duty. So you're not like a full time advocate, um, but they want it so that in every workspace, like there's someone that you could report to um, that has confidentiality. So I thought that was a great idea because even on deployment, um, when you're cut off from everything, like, yes, there's a um, sexual assault prevention or response office on base, but good luck getting to that when you're in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Right. But you um, you have uniformed victim advocates who are trained in how to like take the report, um, how to communicate. They have that line of communication with the um, SAPR office on base. Um, and I think they also have that added understanding of some of the dynamics, because I think if you're reporting to a civilian, I think there always is that um, that element of like you're not going to understand like the lingo. You know, when I say I was in my shop and someone rubbed up against me, what does that mean in my shop? You mm-hmm. know, so yeah. um, so I think that I think that was one of the the best ideas that they've had. So it's amazing. Well, and you said it when it was different jobs that are these uniformed advocates, mm-hmm. um, because then they see what are the maybe blind areas mm-hmm. to certain things. What are some um, people who maybe have more higher um, probability mm-hmm. of perpetrators coming mm-hmm. and um, cornering them or whatever that looks like they're on the ground. They see what's going on essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's awesome. And mm-hmm. I'm, I also like that it's not their full-time thing because mm-hmm. that can be really wearing mm-hmm. having someone, you know, disclose some of these horrendous things mm-hmm. consistently all day, every day would kind of get hard for you to do your job, you know, for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I can say. Thanks. We're one step forward, you know, and mm-hmm. we're getting there and that's, definitely not the purpose of today is to rag on any any type of institution or anything like that that's let's point out all the failures but we do want to talk about them so we can build them up Mm -hmm. what are the things we can focus on not even if you're even in the military if you have a loved one in the military if you're just a civilian anything like that what can we do what can our listeners do um where can we make that change Mm -hmm. kind of thing and I'm I'm really curious to get Brady's take on all of this because you have experience in the what branch were you in? I was in the army. In the army. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how was the army different than than the navy? And and did you notice? Were you even aware that there was an issue when you were serving? I was never aware of like assault of any kind that okay. I knew of. And my scope was kind of small. I was under th- I was in the same situation you were where I was always under the same command. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like I was on the same command on a battleship with a billion people living on that ship that are, uh, you know, doing different things or whatever. Yeah. Um, not to say that you were. I just, <laughs> you know, I don't know Navy terms. <coughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, we were really, I mean, we had three platoons, four platoons. There was probably anywhere between 100 hundred something people to maybe 200 at the most Mm -hmm. and so my scope was kind of limited and we all kind of I think did a good job of looking out for each other but I do know that there was one time where a female soldier accused another soldier Mm -hmm. of some type of harassment it was some kind of a bet game like he was betting that oh I'll get her by the end of this whatever Mm -hmm. like uh make her my girlfriend or something like that whatever you want to call it yeah still Um, harassment yes still harassment Mm -hmm. totally yeah um what it had what it what they found in the investigation that it was rumors that had played off each other that by the time they made it to her it was like the telephone game mm. but it was still investigated it was still investigated mm-hmm. and like when i say investigated i mean like the day that 
that kind of oh, came wow. out. We're going to yeah. get in the bud real fast. I don't know that we had an advocate or someone who was assigned to that. I vaguely remember it being talked about, mm-hmm. but I think I almost feel like it was just told to the female soldiers. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting thing to think about because I remember taking a sharp class, the sexual harassment and can't remember all the acronyms now. I've been out <laughs> for a while. Uh, I remember going through a sharp class and they stated to us, like in the Marine Corps, you were like four times more likely to be raped mm-hmm. than like any other service. And they were like, not not necessarily women, like men mm-hmm. will rape you. Men. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I don't I, and I don't know if that's just some kind of testosterone fueled aggression in combat or something or whatever but Mm -hmm. or even if it's the only reason they have that number is because of the disclosures because they have a better process maybe Maybe they do have a better process that's a really good point no you know it's so hard you have nothing to play it against right Yeah. yeah 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 there's no background data um so i had a girlfriend at the time uh towards the end of my career uh who i was kind of dating and, uh, I mean, like we were dating and, uh, she, her biggest frustration was that as a woman, she felt left out because my unit took so much, uh, stake in segregating them properly. Right. So if, if we showed up to a space and our 200 people were going to occupy, like, this is your camp and they gave us four, uh, outhouses, one of them was designated for female use only. And but outhouses. Yeah, like porta porta johns. Yeah, so you already have the door locked. Like it's a single use. No, you just know that it's theirs. Like men, you get those three, the women go to that one. I'm just saying if it's like a single like there's only enough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Person, no, not like a not like a latrine or something. They just and it seemed like an army wide thing. It was hmm. just sort of I think that they at the time that I was in, I remember there being some reports similar to the, not necessarily to the extreme as, as the the specialist that you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. um, but there were some reports. And so they took it pretty seriously that they, okay. they were, the segregation was very important to protect the women from the men, right? And so we'd have 15 men in one squad living in a single tent, and there'd be four women in one tent. And her, so one night me and her were watching a movie called Starship Troopers. And in that, in that movie, there's a scene, um, this guy goes off and joins the army. It's completely co-ed military. They fight alongside each other. They sleep alongside each other. They shower, latrine, eat together. There's no segregation. And as we're watching the scene where they're all showering together, men and women, she was like, God, I wish it was like that. It would be better if it was like that. It would be easier. It's not like this, um... I'm breaking the rules kind of thing and sure. like make it fun and exciting and like naughty or, or dirty or power and control. Mm-hmm. It's this is, we've just normalized it. Like, cool. Yeah. We we're still bodies. We're still soldiers. We may have slightly different anatomy. Sure. And at that point they were so segregated that she would miss information that was important mm. because, you know, like I say, uh, we'd go to a barracks and there'd be 35 guys from one platoon living in a barracks meant for 20 guys. And then on the other side of the hallway, there's a room meant for 20 guys or 20 soldiers, and there's four female soldiers in there. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, you know, they're really isolated. They're not a part of the rough housing. They're not a part of the, you know, card games or whatever we're doing. If someone's watching a movie on a laptop, they're like left out. Are the men allowed in their barracks at all? No. Are they allowed in yours? Sure. 
<laughs> yeah. It's you ever read the Harry Potter book? I was just about to bring yeah. that up where That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, Ron and Harry try to go up to yeah. Hermione's dorm room and then the stairs turn into a slide. Right. <laughs> But but Hermione could go up to their dorm room yes. and, and, and those stairs wouldn't yeah, change. And, and they were like, well, but you've come into ours all the time. Why can't we get into yours? Yeah. This is like the fifth year or something. Yeah, I guess uh, Hogwarts trust, trust girls more than they trust you guys. Yeah. That's so funny. You guys uh, and nerds. she even said, <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> although I was like, I love Starship Troopers. Starship okay. Troopers is awesome. Okay. So, um, I out different ways. It actually, to me, I would get pissed off at the females because I'd be in the middle of doing something, whether it was changing or whatever, and they'd come in from the other end and you'd hear female on the floor and you'd basically have to stop what you were doing and cover mm. up or whatever. Yeah. No, that and, and, and I would feel like, too, they got special treatment because mm-hmm. they, they had, had more room. room and space yeah. and that would breed resentment. I, I see your point, definitely. And then also, and I, yeah, I really hadn't seen it from this perspective before. That's really interesting. But like, um, you know, if you think about in countries where um you know, nudity equates to sexuality, um, and that sort of thing, like, or, or in, in our, our culture's history where, you know, women were expected to, to cover every single part of their body down to their ankles. Um, you know, it was more likely that you'd get turned on by seeing an ankle. Yeah, totally. And <laughs> because it's <laughs> forbidden. Because it's forbidden and these women feel off limits. They feel forbidden and and then that coupled with the resentment i would think is just a recipe for disaster so i think integrating them is a is a genius idea as long as you have you know um processes in place in the very beginning when you integrate to protect them yeah Mm -hmm. well and and her thought process on it was too because i welcomed this discussion i was like this is something interesting Mm because i don't have that perspective yeah or, or perspective um as we as we talked about what that would look like, she was like, I would feel safer because the rest of the guys are there. Yeah. And there may be one perpetrator in the room, mm-hmm. but there's 24 other guys that are not. Exactly. And we're going to find that guy. Well, if he if becomes I'm, a problem, we're going to find him. If I'm in a room of only four other women and they're dead asleep and a perpetrator does enter, there's only three other people he has to worry about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah being quite a he i say he like a perpetrator is a male it can be anyone but i'm just saying like that is something we're talking specifically though about the male versus female populations and darla brought up an experience where they had different exercises with different um other military forces from countries Mm -hmm. um what were those like that you were kind of talking about the male and female yeah, I, I think definitely um, you guys brought up the great point of like how um, nudity is not always considered sexual, like in other countries, like there's like, you know, there's not as big of a deal. So we did a um, like partnership exercise where we had other countries um, like Navy members and Marine members like come um, to our ship um, and we ran into an issue we've never run into before where the German um, mine divers that were on our ship, they had, I think it was one female, I think she was like their medic or something. Um, and they were going to sleep in the same birthing. And our, our ship leadership was like, Oh my gosh, no, that's like totally unacceptable. And they were like, so we're going to let our one single female team member sleep somewhere else with a bunch of people she doesn't know. Like, um, yeah, as yeah. that would be safer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's more inappropriate. Yeah. And so, but I think the idea of, and I've, I've been to Germany where, 
like um, nudity is not necessarily sexual. Like you can have, you can be at the beach and be nude and, and yeah. it's not necessarily like a creepy like thing or, you mm-hmm. know, like, so, um, so I think some of those differences, I think it shows that it, it can work. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I, I can't speak to her experience specifically, but she seemed com- more comfortable being with her other team members, you know, that spoke her same language and that they had bonded with and stuff like that, rather than being put, um, in a different birthing with no one she knows just based on her anatomy. Yeah. Is anyone here, uh, Orange is the New Black fans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched the first season. Oh, okay. So there's later on in the season, they bring in a female guard who was in the, uh, I don't know if she was National Guard or, or uh, full-time army or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she experienced harassment during the flashbacks mm-hmm. where, um, well, first off, she got told like, hey, stop being so good at your job. You're making the guys look bad. Oh my God. And these are guys you're going to have to depend on when you get downrange. <laughs> right. And then so they get down range and she ends up getting assaulted. This guy like jumps on the couch and like reaches down her pants while she's passed out drunk. She wakes up. It's like, what the fuck? So she reports it. And then like immediately as this report is, in, you know, for the show, I'm sure it was a little dramatized was taking yeah. so long. They get sent out on a combat mission and very clearly none of the men in that truck are going to protect her. Mm-hmm. If something goes tits up. Jeez. Yeah. So um, it's, just, it's, it's, that's a terrifying thing mm-hmm. to think that it's I tried to protect myself and now you guys may, like you talked about disabling someone's safety equipment or maybe not inspecting it properly mm-hmm. or far worse consequences, um, reporting and retaliation when you are, you know, have these military, I mean, you have firearms you have mm-hmm. all sorts of things at my job you know i'm like okay maybe i wouldn't get a promotion or a raise or something or it would just make things uncomfortable but it's not my life that mm-hmm. i'm worried about i'm not dependent upon these people to save me and also you know like friendly fire or anything like that mm-hmm. like i don't even know and who knows was it because um I have been trained to take lives that it makes it easier for me to retaliate by doing that. And does it make it more lethal, like this retaliation more lethal in the military because it's quote unquote second nature or something, you know, we're trying Mm. to make. I just thought um, of kind of a scary quote. And this is something that was said to me that kind of correlates to that mindset you're talking about. I was issued a government credit card at one point. And I never did anything with it because I got scared. Um, but the, it was it was meant to help you out if you were away from home and needed to like get some certain things for yourself, and then you could pay that credit card back. Oh. But it was a government credit card, so it had very strict rules, and mm-hmm. I just I never needed it, so I never used it, and I didn't want to be involved. Um, I was told by one of my uh, higher leadership, and so I'm not even going to say his rank because I don't want this to come back to him, but. He said, if we go down range and you shoot me in the back of the head, nothing will happen if it's an accident. But if you fuck around with this credit card, you'll end up in Leavenworth for the rest of your life. What? So it would have been easier for me to shoot him by accident than deal with a bad credit card charge. Hmm. Which makes, like you said, violent retribution sounds pretty easy. Yeah, it's kind of second nature. You know, yeah. it's it's we've been trained to do this. This is, I mean, for us as a civilians, this is horrific to take another life. Like I couldn't even imagine, and I've never been trained. And and any time I've handled a firearm, 
it's not even pointed at anything with a heartbeat. Like it's, I could not imagine that life. Um, so to have something like, eh, I've seen it before, you know, like I've been trained hand to hand combat, whatever that looks like. This came easier for me to physically retaliate against somebody. So in that discussion where we were talking about making the army completely co-ed me and me and my ex, um, I thought about it from another perspective. The only other way you could do it um, to make things completely safe, I think, is if you completely excluded women and you went to an entire female force where all the women, you don't join, there's a men's military and women's No, because then we're going to get the WNBA and everyone's going to hate it <coughs> and no one's going to financially <laughs> back it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was super sexist. That was super <laughs> sexist. I didn't say it. The WNBA. I like, thought it, it was a it, terrible plan, I but it was something it. No, I hate that it's something that com- is completely s- secluded, yeah. essentially, out of financial backing because yeah. the men perform better. So, um, you're gonna get the females kind of get left on the wayside. Or if you made a military like that, that's exactly what exactly, would happen. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. it's nothing that's like, you know, it's not because you know. If you look at performance, what are you actually measuring? Physical performance, intellectual performance, um, you know, military service years, whatever that looks like. There, it would just look so different but the 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 debate came about as i was talking about resources because it was like we talked about the four outhouses one of them was dedicated to one outhouse for four women and three outhouses for 75 guys mm-hmm. for the whole company which i think is so silly if it it if seems it's a single use one person in it with a locking locks. door yeah i just i have a hard time with bathrooms in general that do that i'm like why aren't they all like this but whatever this is my own personal sure yeah it's just yeah i mean you wouldn't want to build you wouldn't want to set that up because like you said first off are they going to be underfunded because they're expected to underperform Mm -hmm. and then you know if they're not allowed to participate fully then are we setting aside resources that could have been used for everybody Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. You know, so instead of cramming 20, you know, 35 guys into a room that was meant for 20 guys and four female soldiers in a room meant for 25 guys, we could have spread it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they could have been with their team, their fire team, with their, you know, in their squad. Yeah. With their leadership. Building that camaraderie. Shares, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I agree. So this may be a dumb <clears throat> question. I don't know. But um, but do you feel like the culture is enabling people um to be desensitized to to things like killing or i guess this is for both of you or do you think that it just um provides opportunity um for people who are already prone to to violence there was a study done that showed that people that were already prone to a certain type of mindset were more likely to join the military Mm -hmm. um i mean the military my experience in the army was we're, we weren't, I mean, we were trained killers, right? But we weren't trained killers. We were given the tools, but uh, I don't think there's a way to prepare that mindset in people. Hmm. Yeah, because that was my question when you were saying that about, you know, training people to to kill. I just, I know it's still so traumatic for soldiers the first time that they kill. I mean, that's why we. Yeah, it's still, everyone yeah, talks about it. There's so much PTSD over it. And so. I had. I had a um, a guy come through. He was a Green Beret who actually spent time in Somalia during the Black Hawk Down scenario. And uh, he talked about his training never encompassed shooting at 13-year-olds. 
And yeah. so they're running around Somalia in these gunfights. Yeah. And they're pretty comfortable with killing Somalians, you know, as comfortable as one can be. Yeah. And the only, he says, the only time I've ever seen an entire squad of Green Berets hesitate to do their job was the first time a 13-year-old stepped around the corner. And we had never mentally prepared to shoot at a 13-year-old. But then they said, of, of course, the next time it happened to us, we were now all mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think it provides an opportunity for combat itself. I don't think that uh, you could, I mean, I mean, any life or death situation, you know, if, mm-hmm. if there was some kind of uh, apoc- ap- uh, apocalypse in the United States and we had to kill to protect our families or our loved ones or ourselves, you know, the first time is going to be very traumatic for you, but the next time is going to be a little bit easier. Sure, I have to imagine. Sure. But I don't think that I don't think that they're they're not looking to make. I was told they were not looking to make mindless killers. You know, I mean that's what my drill sergeant said. We want you to be smart in the field. You yeah. don't have to kill yeah. everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I think I'm any any type of um, military service and police service and anything like that. That sh- should be what the training <laughs> is. But I mean, when you went through you went through basic training. There's a basic training for. It's called boot, right? Yeah, yeah, boot camp in the Navy. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they talk about assault and how to handle it, Um, that it will happen to you if you're a female? Like, how did they approach any of that training? You know, because we're kind of talking about training. Um, How did they approach any of it? So I I don't know that I really heard much in boot camp. Um, We were, like, segregated. Um, We were actually, like, a mixed uh, division. So, like, we had the – they could have just made it males and females, but they did a split where, like, half of the – half of where we slept was – um, match with like the other half of the men's like birthing or whatever which was across from us so it was like a very intentional like co-ed type situation we didn't sleep in the same room but we were in the same like division okay. um, I don't think they really addressed sexual assault um, uh, in boot camp I think they addressed it in like the next um, there's like a school that you go to after Um, they talked about it a little bit there and then when you get to the um, they call it getting to the fleet like when you get to your real command your ship or shore duty um, I feel like then you have that like mandatory training um, or whatever I think it's like once a year Um, they used to publish like the names of the uniformed victim advocates like in the daily report so that if you didn't know who they were you could see it and that came out every day Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know that there was really a ton of like what to do it was more about like don't do this because there's consequences um but the same way that you get like dui prevention training or whatever like it wasn't really like that this is a huge issue honestly i feel like sometimes they treated duis like more seriously Mm. when i went to basic training whoa that sounded weird didn't it you you were yelling in it you got really excited to beat that microphone well i had i had two thoughts when i went to basic training we didn't see any females there was helga the lunch lady and then there was a sweet Hispanic lady that came around and did our laundry. And they were older. Was the lunch lady actually named Helga? It was like literally it said it on her name tag. <laughs> like I remember thinking, and she looks like you would expect the name Helga to look like. <laughs> right? They hired her on purpose. They knew, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like there was zero interaction with female for me females for me for okay. ten weeks. All and I'm then, saying yeah, I'm so sorry. I also got the best sexual uh sex ed. I've ever had in my life was the first week in basic training. What? Okay. Now do tell they taught phenomenal sex ed. Like they did a whole, there was a whole thing where they lined up soldiers with some, with embarrassing signs. And then you sent another guy up to go 
uh, rank them in danger. So like you'd have a there was a picture of hands and then it said masturbation on the bottom. So you put him on the one end and then anal sex is on the other end of the stage. <laughs> unprotected anal sex oh, is on the other end. Right. Anal sex. Yeah. Okay. As far as like <laughs> the chance for disease. And like yeah. the nurse that was teaching it was really like now listen boys, you know, when you get time off post and those women out there, you know, they say that you're the first one. You're the first soldier they've tried to hook up with. Don't believe them. You know, I'm like, they were pretty clear about it. We even like, got a discussion. Don't get a disease. Yeah, we even had a discussion about a guy who got gonorrhea in his eye. <gasps> Jesus. How does that happen? He went down on a prostitute. You know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm just shocked that they did not talk about assault and how to handle it or bystander intervention or anything because... It's not because it only happens once you're in your active post. Mm -hmm. This happens even, you know, day one. Mm -hmm. It can even happen the day you walk into the recruiting office. Unfortunately, as a female walking in, I'm already being measured up. I'm already being, um, as a pretty female, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely getting that. And I know that because many, I have many friends who are um, active in the military currently and talk about it and kind of call people out and they're like gross you know mm-hmm. um so it's kind of not many friends but the friends that i do are quite uh vocal about it which i love because then it makes me you know understand what's going on and see it it was a weird transition because i went from 10 weeks without seeing a female my age or type for 10 weeks and then they dropped me off at another training post where it was you know, co-ed training, but not co-ed living. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I got dropped into a cheerleading camp. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) And all of those women had just come from 10 weeks of physical training. So we were all like super fit and super like, yeah, that's all I could think of. You could just like smell like, like it was always wet. (laughs) (laughs) It never rained, but it was always wet. And I wonder if it was night, like wasn't necessarily humidity. It was just more about the testosterone just dripping. Jesus. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's what it was like. But and because they separated again, you know, if we had just well, and I got dropped into that cheerleading camp without any sort of like, hey, don't uh, forget your coming, training, yeah. sir. Well, it, like I, <laughs> all we got told was uh, the the commander who happened to be female, who was eight eight week, like eight months pregnant. I'll never forget that because um, she was so mean. Um, <laughs> they usually are. I was a mean pregnant lady. <laughs> so mean. Well, it was literally like our sexual harassment training <laughs> when we got there was she goes, boys, look around at the women that are in this room. Don't fuck around with them. <laughs> now, women, look around at the men in this room. Don't fuck with them. And that Good. was the, that was the extent of the training. The very first weekend we all got past, everybody fucked. Of course. Everybody. And if you couldn't find somebody in your unit that you were interested in, you'd find somebody in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I wish they would have had that condom discussion again instead of the don't fuck with them. We need right. military branded condoms. Can we just get that? Make it fun. I want a camouflage camo. condom. Camo? Condom, yeah. I bet we can find you a camo condom. All right. Get on it, but sassy I did, box. I didn't, get, I didn't get any official training mm-hmm. probably till I was in my unit. And to be honest with you, it might un- it might not have been for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I was, wow. was going to say like yeah. a thorough. Now I was a reservist, mm. so it wasn't like I was training every single day. It was okay. it was once a month training, and they fit it in. I think they did it once a year, 
And if you happen to miss that month, you didn't get the training. Oh, I see. Yeah. So Darla, what was your experience? Oh yeah. So I would say even, even being there every day, like, um, I think they, um, I only really got an in-depth one, like at least a year in, I would say, as far as like, this is what the sexual assault prevention response program is. And, and this is how you, you go about it and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I do think that it's maybe not as frequent as it should be because also same thing. If you miss that month where they do it for everyone, good luck. You're getting it next year. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So what does sexual assault look like in the military? Um, you mentioned like brushing up against and, you know, or not sexual assault, sexual harassment. You, that's, you that's really what I want to spectrum. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of yeah, cover yeah, that c- a little bit. Yeah. Cover like how might that be different than in the mm-hmm. private sector? Yeah. So, so they say even in the civilian world, like um, sexual violence is a continuum. It's like continuum of harm. Um, so sexual harassment is on that continuum. So sometimes it's viewed as like separate. Like I was saying, you have to report to equal opportunity instead of the sexual assault prevention response office. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you probably could have reported, but that person reported to equal opportunity instead um and so I think that um I I think it looks different because of the opportunities like we've been talking about of Mm -hmm. of where like was that an accident like what you know um like walking in on someone when they're changing or something like oh I was just trying to give you the daily report like okay maybe that was an accident but maybe it wasn't um you also have a lot of um like Uh, a lot of parties and stuff like off base or in the barracks, you know, and so um, there's that element as well of like, if if you're like the new person on base, maybe someone with rank or something invites you to a party and you're like, oh, this is, I'm so far from home, you know, I'm trying to make friends. It's a chance to meet my buddies that Mm -hmm. I'm going to be with. Yeah. Yeah, And I want to, I want to show that I'm like one of them. I'm I'm cool. And then, um, you know, and, and then maybe things happen um, that were not, you know, like you're, you're incapacitated and you can't consent, you know? Um, So, so that definitely happens the same way it happens in like colleges I think it's kind of a similar environment um in that way too but but I also think that there are a lot of um great like people in the in the military who do practice by center intervention like I can think of plenty of times where I was totally incapacitated by alcohol and like and my you know other military people um, men and women like made sure I got home safe you know stuff like that and I think that's how it should be of or maybe like I've been at bars where like someone's like hanging hanging all over me and and I'm too too drunk to you know get them away or anything mm-hmm. like that and then I've actually had you know the the coworkers or you know um, other service members come in and be like okay it's time to go home like you know um, so I, I think those opportunities are there that's awesome mm-hmm. I felt like um I felt like that if any of the women in our in our company were ever at any kind of risk, I, f- I don't think that it would have gone unreported or dealt with. Mm-hmm. Whether it was like dealt with immediately with violence, because um, if I caught somebody engaged in some sort of a, an assault, I would solve that problem with assault, <laughs> right? <laughs> which which. I'm also wondering, you know, dragging somebody out by the by the scruff of their neck. And, you know, and it's like for me as a woman, someone has said something inappropriate ish, but I was just very aware or maybe hyper vigilant about something and how I saw and viewed it. And then I go tell you, yo, this guy said this and this. And I maybe I don't want to say exaggerate it, but how I viewed it was a lot worse than maybe Mm -hmm. how it was meant. And then you go like crazy yeah. beat this person up or something i'm just saying like that's another thing is it's a different kind of retaliation that can also just blow up the entire thing that it's 
there's reporting processes for a reason. And if we can stick to them and we can make them checks and balance and have proper checks and balances and make sure that things are being followed and that it's healthy and not, um, you know, bringing up re-traumatization and things like that. I think it, we can be a healthier for our, yeah. s- our service women. Well, as you were speaking about your, as you were speaking about your experience in some bars and things like that, I kind of, now that you say that, there was a very definite, like, the females banded together, mm-hmm. it seemed like, in my unit. So if they were out partying, it was usually as a group, you know, or they, they kind of looked out mm-hmm. after each other, which mm-hmm. after you read the stats and you hear the stories, you kind of understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's a scary thing. And, I mean, I just, I'm lucky enough to just sort of, like, I wandered through my career and never worried about being raped mm-hmm. or attacked just because I was cute, you know, mm-hmm. where you know the females weren't afforded that luxury mm-hmm. i mean i think it definitely happens to men too and then you also have the issue of like then you are sleeping in the same quarters with that person or you know then um then people they are even less likely to believe you yeah absolutely so yeah we did have um reports of uh male sailors as well um so i and it it that adds a whole nother element of barriers to reporting so um yeah were you in the service when they repealed don't ask don't tell um, I was after. Oh, were you after? Mm-hmm. Well, I was in when they repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And I remember everybody acted like it was going to be this huge shift, like the whole world was going to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still towel whipped everybody mm-hmm. in the showers. I was, still, I was still doing the towel snaps. It didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah. why I think the co-ed, the full co-ed military could, I mean, as long as the women that are in currently are given an option as to whether or not they want to participate in that. Mm. Um, and obviously when you join, you're told, hey, like, have the women choose if they want to be co-ed or separated? Is that what you're just I'm saying? S- I'm saying that, uh, like, if, if let's say uh, the president came out and said, we're going to make the military completely co-ed from here on out, mm-hmm. you have 30 days to decide whether or not you're okay with that. And okay. if you're not okay with showering with the men that you work with, then you're out. Well, I think, I mean, they can make a slow transition and say everyone who enlists from this date forward, it will be co-ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could totally make that transition. You know, and then it's like we will still yeah. keep anyone separate who choose to be. And that you can make a hybrid and slowly phase that out. Yeah. I And I think that's going to be the only way it's going to be done. It's not going to be perfect. You're going to have lots of It's hiccups. still not going to be perfect, but it's better than having the WNBA Army or the mm-hmm. WNBA. <laughs> I, I mean, how many boats? I mean, how many women? What was the percentage, do you think, in the, in the Navy? This might be a dead giveaway for anyone that might know me in real life, um, but our ship, they almost joked that it was probably a test ship because we were 50-50. 50-50? Yeah. What the shit? Yeah, very unusual. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Yeah, but I but I think it worked well. I mean, my, my shop was all men um, for most of the time that I was there, um, but they were all very respectful. Like, um, I had a, a male supervisor when we would do evaluations. Um, he was very aware that it could be uncomfortable to be alone in a room with your male supervisor. So he would be like, I know this is a private conversation, but are you more comfortable with the door open? Do you want your mentor in here while we have this? That's like, cool of him to ask that. Yeah. That's was, actually very forward thinking. Yeah. yeah Cause just it was, be aware. yeah. And I think just, just to have that, that extra step of like, this person may be uncomfortable, whether or not I am a perpetrator, is there a, a small step I could, cause it wouldn't be a big deal to leave the door open or yeah. to have my mentor right. there. Right. So it's small interesting that it was that high. Mm-hmm. Huge strides right mm-hmm. oh my god that was so profound that was <laughs> say it again small steps to make huge strides good yeah i'm gonna get that tattooed it's yeah. it's <laughs> it's interesting that you guys were that high because i think about like if i took my unit when i got out of my unit i there wouldn't be enough women for me to fill a truck with mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Like if we were going to build a, a gun truck squad, I, mm-hmm. there's not enough women to put in the truck. I'd it still is. have to backfill them with a male. And I would say, I mean, any industry that that's male <laughs> heavy, you're going to have high rates of of um, sexual harassment and and other things. And so it's it's a good time to talk about it and start talking about it and keep it in mind, um, especially whoever anyone who is interested in listening, who is currently in the military, you know, like we appreciate you and you have a voice. Um how are some other ways that maybe people can um, support those or even for themselves report? So I would definitely say for active duty military, um, we have the DOD um, safe helpline, which is outside of your chain of command. So that eliminates a lot of the issues that we were talking about as far as retaliation. Um, That phone number, do you want me to just say the full phone number? That'd be great. Okay, so the DOD safe helpline is um, 877-995-5247. They also have an online chat and that that is a 24-7 number for active duty military. If you're out of the military, um, you have uh, the RAIN um, number, which is the 24-7 like sexual assault hotline, the national hotline, which is 800-656-4673. And the last four digits also spell out HOPE. Um, And for female veterans specifically, the VA also has um, some resources on what they call military sexual trauma. That's amazing. They have a term for it? Military sexual trauma? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's unfortunate they have a a name for it, but one more resource that's helping us get closer to that resolution. Again, I just wandered through my career just sort of like, "Eh, you know, I'm safe. It's cool. Yeah, right. when you yeah. don't have to Never worry thought about, about it. that. I mean, and it's and we're not holding anything against you. No, <laughs> and I don't. I mean, it's not my fault. I didn't rape anybody. Oh yeah, and I, good. And I would have called it if I saw you it. You wouldn't I'd have be been fucking like, don't here if do you did. That. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd imagine it's the exception, not the rule in every branch, right? Yeah, but, I think so too. But there, it is definitely difficult for men to understand how, as a female, even in like civilian life, we walk around in constant fear. Um, yeah, that's so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Which sounds so, bad. so dramatic. And I hate when people are like, oh, you're always scared. I'm like, no, we are always aware. Yeah, we are always yeah. ne- on it alert. It never turns down. It is essentially my spidey sense. And you can mm-hmm. always get that tingling when someone means will ill. Mm-hmm. Always. I, like, I have to yeah. think through, because I'm a jokester. So yeah. I told a lot of jokes. And I just, like, I always wonder, have I ever scared someone? Or made them like, have I ever peaked that spidey sense? And then I'm like, I feel terrible, Probably and I don't even not, know if I did. Because I really think that, at least my spidey sense, like it's the intention behind yeah. what you're, you're doing, genuine. and you, yeah, you come across as very just like silly and fun, and and you don't try to mansplain away your faux pas. Like you know, you're like, nah, uh-huh. well, you know, if you weren't so sensitive, it'd be fine. That's when you know. Yeah, if that's somebody like, tells me they're upset, I'm like, oh, like my bad. It's like screaming if somebody mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I kind of point something out, and then they try to joke it away well, look, even more. You if, can just feel that energy from oh, yeah. people if they yeah. have it in for you. Yeah, and I'm the type aware. of person that if you marched Jesus down through downtown Salt Lake today, I would step in and stop the crucifixion. Like, this is torture. We can't do this. <laughs> I don't care if it's the rule of the land. We can't do this. Um, I did want to share an interesting tidbit, and I'd like to hear this from your perspective. And I also want to tell you something I'm jealous of. I've seen some of the training footage mm-hmm. from Navy boot camp. Mm-hmm. I would love to learn how to put out fires on a ship. Oh, that yeah. looks like fun. Oh, it's so cool. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm jealous. Well, now I have to but, look this up. Oh, it's so cool. Okay. Every, so after it was after a terrorist attack, 
where someone had slammed like a speedboat full of explosives into a mm, ship mm. Uh, and the ship burst into flames Damn. and like the firefighting crew was incapacitated. Mm. So everybody was like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And so now everybody's trying to be a firefighter. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. But when I went through, uh, actually not when I went through basic training, but, and I don't know that they still do this, but I was told that in the locations that they were doing co-ed training, again, not co-ed sheltering, but co-ed training, um, everywhere I went in basic, you had to have a battle buddy. You, mm-hmm. you always traveled in pairs. Mm-hmm. I was told that in the co-ed training facilities, if a male wanted to use a female as his battle buddy, he had to bring a third female as a battle buddy. Oh, wow. Um, I, I don't know if the Navy really has that buddy system. Um, oh. Yeah, so I, I mean, we really didn't leave our, um, our like, birthing much. If we did, we all, like, marched together. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they would handle a situation like that. But I, d- I think in the as far as the fleet, like, in the Navy, you definitely are alone in the room sometimes with, like, the opposite gender. So Really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it happened. I was alone with female. I mean, not after. I mean, in training, there would there would have been no way. I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, but like, if we were sleeping outside, like we were doing combat training, mm-hmm. uh, living in tents or whatever, if I had to go from the tents where we were all hanging out to the latrine a hundred yards, mm-hmm. I got to take somebody with me. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, who needs to piss? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it happened to be a female that raised her hand, we would have to take a third, a third one. person with us. Well, mm-hmm. they it, could, it, it could never be two boys and a girl. It always had to be a boy and two girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, that probably came from some of the incidents that have happened. Have you seen? Have you guys seen the movie The Invisible War? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I have not, but that's got Kristen Stewart, right? No, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's it's more of a documentary, and it's oh, about okay. some of the the past shortcomings of um, of like military sexual assault reporting, as well as some of the difficulties that they experienced when they were like forcefully separated from the military, and then they like didn't get their benefits and stuff for being victims of a crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. so lots of resources, especially because if you're not aware, you know, share share resources. We hope that anyone who's listening to this has found something interesting or a resource that they've never heard about or any type of point of view that you've never thought to think of please share it with somebody and make sure that you know we're trying to spread that education it's really what our mission is about um you know we can talk here about all the sassy things and sexy things but through and through (laughs) pamela's alarm is going off that means we are done folks (laughs) but share the podcast we love you all um we really appreciate you listening and we hope that um you are empowered to stand up for someone else and and be a bystander and at least share um the resources that are out there for those who need them Get involved in the conversation at saltysexcast at gmail.com or at saltysexcast on twitter and become a patron at patreon.com forward slash salty sex cast. And um, have a great week, everybody. Don't forget, try sassybox.com. Oh, please try sassybox.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Stay sexy and salty. Bye. Bye. Yeah. And what's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. 
the sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.